Welcome to How to Catholic with Kevin and Lisa Cotter, a podcast dedicated to helping you practically live your Catholic faith with excellence. Marriage, one of God's greatest gifts and also, if we're being honest, one of the greatest opportunities for growth and holiness. For many, expectations can make or break a marriage. In our over-idealized world, it's easy to expect perfection and continual bliss, but that's not always the reality. In today's episode, we'll be talking about four things we wish everyone knew about marriage, including some talk on the birds and the bees. So if you have little ones, this might not be the episode to play in the car. From loneliness in marriage to debate about the one, we'll give some real talk on what it's like to practically live this vocation today. Plus, we'll have a hack to keep your faith when times are tough, and a highlight of a non-Catholic YouTube channel that you need to subscribe to. Stay right here. It's time to podcast. It is podcast time. It's podcast time. What? What? Hey, so we've never had an episode not go up on a Monday. We're sorry. Okay, we're sorry. Yeah. Will you forgive us? Yes. <laughs> That's good. That's what I, that's what you think our audience sounds like. I think that was like. a listener. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We forgive you. Yeah, I think it works like that now, doesn't it? Technology, probably, you know. I read something today. Do you tell me. And it actually, it was like a clickbait title and I clicked on it. It was in the news. You fell for it. it and it was talking about like they teleported a, something, like a molecule or something. You know? Oh. And, but then they were like, well, it wasn't really teleporting. I'm like, well, then why did you even say that? Because... Here I thought Star Trek was about to become reality. Because they're just using you, Lisa. I know. They're using there for you for their ad revenue. It was stupid. Feel so used. And it was like on a legitimate like news site like feed thing. The article I read yesterday, which was even better than that one, was that man woke wakes up to a crunching noise and finds that his head is inside of a bear's mouth. Okay, you mm, you told me about that, and I just don't understand how he was sleeping in a bear but bit his head crunching. Because his head was being crunched by the bear's teeth. But you think he wouldn't be conscious at that point. He's a deep sleeper, Lisa. And you said he had scratches on his face? He did. The bear dragged him 10 yards, and then they scared the bear away. It doesn't even make sense. It doesn't not make sense. <sighs> Take that double negative. Well, we're really excited for this episode. We're even maybe even more excited for our next episode, because we have a special episode coming up, don't we, Lisa? Yeah, we've never done a special episode. Oh my gosh, it's a special episode. It's going to be fun. We are going to do a Q&A episode in which we're going to answer questions from our listeners and have a bunch of fun talking about whatever you guys want to talk about. Well, it'll be fun so long as we have questions. I mean, I think we'll have fun either way because we're just, fun people have fun. This is what you told me. <laughs> Only boring people get bored. Yeah, but the opposite is fun people have fun. Sure. Right? Whenever you're with fun person, like it doesn't matter. You're like stuck in an yeah. airport and it's terrible and you're like, we had fun. And you're like, I don't know how that happened, but yeah. somehow That's this person true. had fun. And I had fun with them. Yes. The point is we need your questions. And so you might be listening to the podcast. You might, this might be your first podcast. Yeah. You don't know anything about us and you want to know more. Or maybe you've listened to other podcasts and you're like, I want to know more about that topic. Or there's something that Lisa said that I want to know more about her background or her life. Or maybe like why Kevin's so weird. Like could you explain it more? Whatever questions you have, we would love to hear them so then we can talk about them on the podcast episodes. You can email us, you can tweet at us, you can Facebook us, 
And of course, you can reach us on MySpace. So any of those <laughs> things. <laughs> my, my Yeah, you, you don't know about my music career? See, this is why you, you have never, to ask us more questions is because then you'll know. You never had a MySpace, did you? No, I never had a MySpace. Okay. Okay, it's good. just my favorite social media channel. Oh. Justin Timberlake, I think, owns MySpace. Owns it? Yeah, I think he bought it. Still? Well, I think he tried to like buy it and revamp it. Weird. Yeah. That's left field. I hope he owns Napster too, but <laughs> some of our listeners have no idea what that is, but it's true. It holds a special place in my heart mm-hmm. during the early 2000s. Well, Q&A coming up. We need your questions. Send them in. And dude, like maybe you mentioned this. I don't know. Sometimes I space out when you talk and I don't know why, but maybe welcome to my <laughs> life, everyone. <laughs> just, it's just a monologue over here. <laughs> No fireworks tonight. Yeah, that um, was the last episode. That was the last episode. I wasn't listening because of fireworks. Um, and now you don't have any excuse. You just still look out the I window, don't. forget what I say, and go, oh, I mean, mm. I just spaced instead of, oh, there's fireworks. I was looking at our outline for tonight. Okay, so um, you can ask us questions too, like um, just like theology questions too. Oh. Yeah. 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 We can answer stuff about the faith too we, yeah or even you know practical stuff that you might maybe it's not a whole episode but you have a question yeah like somebody asks you a question about the faith and you're like i don't know That's yeah a so good it doesn't have to be just about us it can be about how to catholic in some area of your life or a question you might have could Cat- be about woodworking whatever you need we want to answer those questions that would be a great answer because we know nothing Okay, I think that's enough on the Q&A. Special episode, episode 10. We're going to try to do this each season. Episode 10 is going to be a Q&A. It's special. Then we get special. Our topic today, though, is how to marriage. And we're approaching this topic because we've gotten several requests for marriage and family life topics. And it's kind of an interesting topic. I, I actually used to speak on marriage and family life here and there. I used to speak at mom's groups and do family conferences, and I've really shied away from those events in years of recent, in like, like, yeah, last year or so. Years of recent. That sounds so sophisticated. It does. (laughs) Sorry, Kevin's coughing. Years of recent. Yeah. Um, Kind of shied away from those, partly because, so we're, we're 12 years into marriage next week. 12 year anniversary is coming up and three kids in. And I feel like the longer we're married, the less I know. (laughs) I'm actually like, wow, I shouldn't talk about this because I have no idea what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Or I'll look back on things that I used to say and (laughs) think I was so idealized or I was so unrealistic with expectations. And I don't know. So mm-hmm. I think that's okay. It doesn't mean that like God didn't bless those talks and those things and that I didn't speak truth and stuff. But it just, um, I don't know. I feel less and less competent the longer we're married. <laughs> so that's why we've shied away from these topics. So I'm going to direct you to my favorite podcast on the subject, which is Messy Parenting. They talk about marriage and family life. They've got 10 kids and been married a lot longer. So apparently they've mm-hmm. maybe maybe i'll come back around one day and be like actually I do know something but at the moment i don't feel like i know anything <laughs> so that's why we haven't broached it very much but today we thought we'll do a how-to uh marriage episode on kind of what we wished we had known before we got married mm-hmm. and, and some of the things we did know before we got married mm-hmm. but we want to make sure other people know these things yeah yeah Yeah. So, and I think these, whether you're married or not, or whether you're single or not, I still think these are great. Um, 
things we wish we had known to kind of consider, oh, is that a an idea that I still have in my mind that isn't quite accurate that I still need to think about or I still need to kind of work through. So don't 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 cut us off just because you're like, oh, I'm already married. Because I think there might be some things in here for you. Or don't cut us off because you're like, I'm not married yet. I don't need to work, worry about that. The more experience, the more knowledge you can get. I think it helps a lot. Yeah. So that's what we're doing. So Kevin's got number one. Number one. What? What we wish we knew before we had gotten married. Yeah. The first thing is that getting married doesn't mean that you'll never be lonely again. Taylor Swift lied to me. So Justin <laughs> Bieber lied to me. Lisa and I worked at a wonderful Catholic summer camp together can't for four summers. You can't take it with it for four wonderful summers. And this camp was amazing because we were able to really work with so many kids, high school, junior high, middle school. But really, in reality, when you look back at it, you're like, camp in many ways was most impactful on the counselors themselves. Mm-hmm. And we just learned so many lessons working with each other, sharing the faith with people, being mentored by folks. And one particular lesson I think we really learned while we were there is we both heard a talk on marriage uh, from one of the directors. And in that talk, she uh, said, you know, one thing about marriage that I never realized is that you can be married and you can be lonely. And I think in the back of your mind, you thought, oh, yeah, I know of of marriages that don't go very well, like broken marriages or, or marriages that, that just um, fall apart and, and people are lonely. But we knew this person. We knew their marriage. Mm-hmm. And it was fantastic. And so I think it kind of caught us both off guard of like, wait, that doesn't equate. Like if you're in a good Catholic marriage, you're faithful and like you want to work on marriage, like how how could you possibly be lonely? You know, that doesn't make any sense. And I, I really believe that over time in our own marriage, we've realized that as well. Um, there's been times where our marriage has been super strong. We've had this amazing friendship. And other times we just go, I just don't, yeah, I feel isolated in this area or we haven't spent as much time together or what just I'm going connected. Yeah, what I'm going through right now just doesn't we're not like you don't know where I'm at and um and that's been yeah, you, we we heard it before. I think we didn't really believe it until we experienced it. Yeah, and I think it especially um maybe for men and women, but I know for for me as a woman, I can speak for myself. I really did think like with yeah the sacramental graces and like we'll be able to like read each other's minds and always know what we need and and always be understood I think that was my my longing ultimately that it came down to for me was like I just wanted to be understood but I've realized like Kevin's a human he can't read my mind like sometimes there will be seasons or times where we're not going to be just in sync at every step and it is going to be Hard. So I think that's important to know going into it so you don't have this expectation because I feel like so many of the things are expectations with marriage. Mm, yeah. That's, I think, what disappoints people or shocks people is they have expectations and those expectations aren't always in line with reality. Yeah, and sometimes there's a sense of like, oh, I'm single and boy, and I'm lonely. And only if I was married, like this feeling of loneliness would just go away. Like it wouldn't actually exist anymore. And so there's just a surprise where you're like, oh, wait. And so it's a good reminder that we need to rely on the Lord, you know, even before marriage, because he's the one who's going to satisfy us, you know? And, um, yeah. Any like marriage, like any friendship is going to have these moments where it's really strong ties, really strong bonds, really strong understanding. And other times we're like, we're just out of sync right now. Mm-hmm. I think those moments really are just an invitation to deepen your marriage and deepen your love. And 
it pushes you to know each other even better and to work through things, which sometimes we just want to ignore and it's easier or we think it's easier if we just act like it's not a problem, but you can only run on that for so long before it just like explodes. Yeah. And people change. Like you're not the person I married. I mean, you are, <laughs> but like you're not the same. Like you're, I'm not the same. Yeah. you change over time change. Yeah, and, and you, and so I can't just say, well, I want you to be the least that I'm like, no, like, I grow and yeah, yeah. I grow, I change like, Oh, you're, you know, and and we need to begin to like re understand one another. And Mm -hmm. so, yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's the first, the first one. Yep. Number Uh, two. Yeah. Let's go to number two. Lisa, you're, you're on. All right. Number two, there's no such thing as the one. Dun, dun, dun. And this is kind of a difficult topic, I think, for a lot of people to hear. And I've even heard good Catholic people argue that that is untrue. However, I I believe that they were misinformed. I, I believe that this is very much in line, actually, with the, what the church teaches in that there's no such thing as, quote, the one. Now, once you get married, they become the one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, I don't have another, I don't have a choice. Yeah. But ultimately, it comes down you to have, this. You don't have any choice now. You're stuck with me. I'm stuck with you. Yeah. Yeah. That covenant has been sealed. Mm -hmm. Um, But ultimately, it comes down to the fact that we have this thing called free will. And God never forces us to do anything, period. We always have free will to love him, to to choose to do what is right, or to choose to do what is wrong. This is all a part of free will. So it would be against God's nature if he created somebody for us that we were forced to marry. And it wasn't something that was an act of the will and a choice whether or not we chose it. Now, does that change the fact that God knows what we're going to choose? Absolutely not. He still knows, but he created, he didn't create me for Kevin and Kevin for me. He created Mm -hmm. us for himself. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I, I think that that can be a really challenging thought. And I remember when I first heard this, it was from Dr. Jonathan Reyes, and this was after we were married. <laughs> yeah. I remember thinking, that's so dumb. Like, why would you say that? How? Where's the romance in that? Like, you're telling me that Kevin could have chosen to marry somebody else and could have had a fulfilling, happy life. You know, like, there's something in me that, like, I was really upset about that because I wanted to imagine, like, no, like, this is the one who God created for me. And this was our destiny from all time. And, you know, but when I really thought about it, there was some relief actually in that knowledge of, no, wait, Kevin chose me. Like that's mm-hmm. way more romantic than Kevin had to pick me or had to marry me, but that he, out of all of the girls and women in his life, he chose me and I chose him. And it wasn't by force. It wasn't, you know, an act uh, against my will, but that it was my choice and his choice. And that's very romantic. Yeah. And I think, I mean, you hit on it. Love is a choice. And I guess the question is, why does this matter so much? And I think it's because oftentimes we don't want to make that choice. So you find, you find people who are good and faithful and they'll say, Oh, I'm just trying to do God's will. Very good thing to do God's will. But they'll say, you know, he's just going to show me the one that I'm supposed to marry. And he, he has to do that. And then, you know, I'm, I, and then I'll get married. And it's like, actually, no, it's, it doesn't work that way. Like the Lord allows free will. He allows choice. And we have to own those decisions. We can't just turn around and say, oh, well, it's the Lord's fault. Like he, he set me up in this situation or he made this. No, no, you chose it mm-hmm. and you're in it and you're going to continue to choose and to love. Cause sometimes we want to like 
give that choice away. We want to give our free will away and just say like, ah, I'm just going to do what God tells me and I, I don't want to make a decision. Uh, and I think that applies to lots of things, but I, to, I think it applies to marriage as well. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So I hope all that came out correctly. Um, yeah. Because <laughs> it, is, it is kind of a, a sticky touchy topic to try to explain but um yeah i was just that freedom in that like we have free will i just it it is a gift and again kevin is now the one <laughs> yeah that doesn't change until death do us part um but just know you are single you're not looking for the needle in the haystack like yeah. it actually takes some pressure off yep you don't have to be afraid that you're going to choose the wrong person now obviously yeah like god has a will and you want to live in that will um and you want to discern that well you know Mm -hmm. just want to be like well just marry someone and it'll be fine well no like you really want to be intellectually and and emotionally and spiritually processing through that decision Um, but knowing ultimately it is a decision does god know what you're going to choose absolutely yes that doesn't change but yeah it helps you realize the person i marry isn't perfectly suited and made for me we have this again that's idealized romanticized that's nothing in the gospel. It's nothing in scripture. It's nothing in the faith. It comes from the culture. It says, oh, I, we're perfectly made for one another. That doesn't exist. That's not real. That's totally fantasized. Like, we choose to accept one another with our faults and with our failings. And we weren't perfectly made for each other. That's actually a part of marriage is accepting each other's non-perfections, you know? Mm-hmm. Cool. Sweet. Well, Lisa, there's two other things we wish people knew about marriage. Why don't you uh, give us our hack and highlight for this week? Yeah, time for our mid-show break here, our hack uh, and highlight. So the hack today comes from, I well, I just got back from Steubenville uh, Main Campus 3. I get to do the Steubenville conferences uh, in the summers, and we just had, it was just an incredible, incredible weekend. Very, very special. Everybody who was there who's been doing conferences for a long time just all agreed, like, there was just something like the spirit was just really moving in this particular conference and it was really incredible to be a part of. Um, and one thing that, that they talk about this phrase that they use are, you know, the glory stories, like what are some stories that from, from the, from the conference, what are the glory stories where God just really showed up where the Holy spirit really, really was working. And one thing I kept saying to the teens and the participants throughout the weekend, um, you know, when they would talk about like, Oh my gosh, like my life, just really changed what I would tell them over and over again I said this to people I need you to remember this moment right now I need you to to ingrain this in your mind and in your heart because when you go home the high is going to wear off and life isn't always perfect and there's gonna be some really challenging moments for you but I need you to come back to this right now this moment where you know God is real and I think we all have those moments in our life where we just we just know without a shadow of a doubt, we're just so confident in that. But then when we hit the hard times, it's really easy to forget those memories. So our hack today is to keep um, what we're going to call a glory story journal, a place where a journal that's dedicated just to this, or maybe it's a Word document, but a place where you write down those moments and those experiences when you know that God is here, God is with you, God exists. And then when things get really hard, you can go back to that journal and read them and go, okay, no, I know in that moment I knew he existed. Right now I don't feel it. Right now I don't believe it, but that doesn't mean that that's truth or reality because I know that I have felt it before. Um, like Mother Teresa comes to mind in those moments, in, in, those, in this moment for me because she had a, 
long period of darkness in her relationship with our Lord, like the last like 40 years of her life or something crazy where she didn't feel Jesus, but she held on to those glory story moments, those moments where she knew God was real. And that's what sustained her for 40 years of darkness in her life. So get your glory story journal. That's great. And our highlight for this week, we normally feature Catholic things, but we're going to feature Studio C. Studio C is a YouTube channel and it's done by BYU TV, which BYU is Brigham Young University, and this is Mormons. And the best way to describe Studio C is that it's like a clean Saturday Night Live. They do sketch comedy, they do parodies, and it is really funny and it's really family friendly. And we've just, as a family, over the last four months, five months, just really enjoyed this channel because we know we can go to it. It provides great laughter, provides a lot of fun, it provides jokes in our family that we use pretty much on a daily basis like <laughs> that we'll just use it as a family. And it's just, yeah, it's just great to have a spot you can go to as a family or just, just if you want something fun, even if you're not a family, that's, that's great as well. So, um, studio C just look it up on YouTube. Some of our favorites, if you're trying to go, trying to find out what this channel is all about, we really like uh, one called crisis at the confessional. And again, these are Mormons, but they're, they're basically doing a Catholic parody skit and it is, fantastic it's, it's really good yeah and they actually have priests and nuns show up quite a bit <laughs> and what i love <laughs> within about their it, sketches yeah yeah within their sketches but it's always so respectful mm-hmm. and that priests are always portrayed like in a positive light and seen as heroes and heroines not as people being poked fun of and i've never seen a mormon yet like i've seen zero mormons oh, like a like a mormon yeah like, like there's a, no, like a missionary an lds mission yeah yeah like there's never yeah. there's it's on byu but <laughs> that's so true and we have some Mormon friends and like, they like to watch it, yeah. but yeah, but they, they have only, I've only seen, and when I think of religious people, I feel like I've only seen Catholics. Yeah. They're, they're, they're all pastors. Oh, okay. Just like a Protestant pastor. They'll yeah. Leave those in some sketches. But it's fun. Just take a whirl, watch three or four of them. It's fantastic. Sound good. All right. So, um, we will have those both in the show notes for you. Um, well, not both the glory story journal, I buy a journal. Um, but we'll put studio C we'll put some links in the show notes of some of our favorites. Uh, so you can check those out and get a good laugh. And Kevin, number three, will you tell us what our third? Absolutely. So our third tip for, uh, what we wish we knew about marriage is you can't change your spouse. So a little explanation behind this. We did marriage prep um, and we had a great couple that did our marriage prep in Atchison, Kansas when we were at Benedictine College. And one thing they told us was you'll get in these situations in your marriage in which you want your spouse to change. And in reality, what you need to ask yourself in those situations is how can I, even though I don't think it's my problem, how can I change to help my spouse? You know, so for instance, if my spouse is always late to things, no, Which I'm not. No, no, you're not. And it, it's fine out. to say, hey, it'd be helpful if you're on time. But as a spouse, you might just have to say eventually over time, what could I do? How can I reduce my anxiety when someone's late? Or how can I be not as perturbed when my, my spouse is late? Because that's what I can control. I can try to ask, but ultimately I, I'm not going to change my spouse. So they're going to have to change themselves. And at the time... We were engaged, we were in love, and I thought, that's great for some people that'll need their spouse to change, but I don't need my spouse to change. Was she was perfect, yeah. right? And, and then about a year into marriage, I was like, oh wait, what's it in, what, what was that advice again? And um, What did I need to change, do you remember? Oh, I don't. <sighs> That'd have been fun. Yeah, but I just think it's really, 
yeah, really key because you learn more and more in life that rather than trying to change the people around you, trying to find peace in the chaos and with people's personalities is usually a better route for most things. And I feel like we say this on the podcast a lot, like ultimately the only person you can change is yourself. Mm -hmm. And it's just true. And it's, you know, it's not fun to live a life feeling like you're always the victim and you're always the, you know, person who it's poor me and it's not fair. And, and it's, that's just a hard, hard way to live. And I think, um, for your own sanity and your own freedom. Now, of course the caveat here, we, we should just say it, even though it's, hope would be obvious if you're in an abusive situation or your spouse you know is physically or verbally abusing you then that's when you know (laughs) you can't just be like well they just get drunk and beat me up I can't expect them to change (laughs) you know we're talking about healthy normal sane things that are just vices that are just kind of get under your skin stuff so so kind of like pet peeve kind of things or Mm -hmm. just flaws like in weaknesses you Mm -hmm. know I mean just okay that's Mm -hmm gonna be you know and if they change that's wonderful for them but i can change my response excellent time for the last one get it this is a long one the theology of the body is real but sometimes our interpretation of it isn't tell us more lisa (laughs) that's a mouthful so um you know it's been interesting and this was just this summer a new step training again i was just reminded of this um when I, I was speaking with a, a newlywed at New Staff Training um, who was going through this right here, like theology of the body is real, but like why isn't this aspect of our marriage, the the sex side of our marriage, fireworks? <laughs> like something, yeah. what am I doing wrong? What is he doing wrong? I don't know. Why haven't people written on this? And I'm like, well, it's kind of personal. Um, yeah. <laughs> nobody wants to be the poster child for like their witness of their broken <laughs> marital coitus relationships and then that's give me more of those words you like to throw out on the podcast <laughs> i know um yeah so it's it's tough because i theology body it, it it is real um but i think sometimes there's an expectation of oh great well if we do this right if we wait until we get married and we um you know abstain from from premarital sex and then we're using um nfp and we're not contracepting and and all this then it's just going to be magical Mm-hmm. And it's just going to be so easy and natural and, and we, there's going to be no struggles with it. And then like reality sets in and for many of us, because whether we've, I mean, whether you're a virgin on your wedding night or not, have been affected by the toxic dating culture, the, the culture, the sex saturated culture that we live in. And then all of a sudden issues start to come up. Some of those issues I've heard are things like, and well, they're, they're no longer looking at porn, but they used to really struggle with it. And now that's like pouring into our marriage because this is bringing up memories for them. And it's making me feel objectified. And I know they're trying really hard, but I don't know what to do. Or, well, I didn't realize that my view of men was going to affect the way that I view my, my husband, because I always just saw men as, you know, these things that just wanted something out of me or some guy thinking like, well, I can't tell am I lusting or am I loving? And I just feel guilty. And so I just feel like, paralyzed and and I don't know what I'm supposed to do and you know just all this stuff starts to come up and and we think it's just going to magically be fixed because we're following theology of the body and we're following the church's teachings and that's not always the case yeah and there's a certain sense that the church tries to market right its teachings like the number of catholic couples when they use contraception they're actually more satisfied in their sexual relations and so like this promise gets built up and I don't um like I don't uh, 
shame on on the marketing. I think it's important and those statistics are real. But there's also just a reality of like it doesn't make things perfect or it, there's still things you have to work out or just yeah, just who we're made as human beings and and whether it's sin or not sin or nature, all these different things just play play a role in this situation and just to know yeah, that's something that that we wouldn't want to be a surprise. It's just something that they potentially could deal with or you, you don't have to, but it, I think it's, it's important because often we want to market the church's teachings and people don't want to speak out about their weaknesses that people find themselves going, what the heck and how do I even, how do you even process this? I don't even know. I don't know who to talk to or what to read or even what to think. And I just, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm at a loss, just like you mentioned your example at, at new staff training. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important for people to hear and know. Um, that we on the inside do get to hear those stories and people come to us in those vulnerable moments. So if you're sitting in that situation, you're newly married or maybe even married a long time and you're like, why isn't this bliss and fireworks like I was promised or I thought I was promised? You're not alone in that. It it just means that our world's broken Mm -hmm. and to get to that place is not easy and it takes a lot of communication, a lot of healing. It might take some counseling, who knows? But just not to feel gypped or feel like the church lied to you because that's not what's going on. It's, it's the sin of the world. Yeah. So absolutely. Awesome. That's great. Okay. Time for our how to challenge. Yes. Our how to challenge is a fun one. We know we have some people who are married listening to this episode. We have no, we have some people who are not married yet. And so we want to give this fun challenge, which is if you are married, that you would try to invite, maybe it's an engaged couple, maybe it's just single people that you know over to your house, just so they can experience your marriage there are not uh, a lot of amazing Catholic witnesses to marriage out there. And it's such a gift. I think the more that, that we live our lives and we live our marriage, we just know, yeah, people just really are seeking wisdom. And they're maybe they came from a broken family or they just don't know, how do you do this whole Catholic marriage thing? And for you to be able to welcome people into your home and just show them that, you don't have to teach them something. You don't have to tell them a bunch of things. You just have to live your life and they, they'll just soak up so much just from watching your relationship and saying, oh my gosh, that's what it can look like. And on the flip side, if you're someone who is single, just invite you to find a married couple uh, who is dynamic, who lives out their faith, who has a marriage that's fun and say, hey, would it be okay if we just came over sometime? We would just love to hang out more. We'd love to get to know you. We'd love to you know, can we bring dinner over? Whatever it might be. Um, I just think getting real life information is so healthy. And, and as good as Theology Body is and as good as great books are, some of the greatest lessons are I just watched people. And we had that blessing in college. We mentioned our examples from Camp Tekawitha. That's the kind of stuff that sticks with you and you can point to and say, yeah, that's what I saw and this is how I handle that and this is what it looks like to process that situation and this is what you just set yourself up I think more for reality and as good as that theology is which we should receive it and think about it and process it just to see that in real life is is huge awesome well thank you so much for joining us today on our how to marriage episode just want to remind you one more time please send us some questions for our question and answer episode we actually did this plea in the last episode as well, and we haven't received any questions. So this Type is going to be question, a really awkward episode if we don't that, get any questions. Push that button. Get her done. So before you think, oh, someone else will send a question. Okay, this is our second reminder. So if you're like, yeah, I should do that. Do it. Do it. We'd yeah. love to hear from you. We won't think that you're weird or creepy or something. We'll think, oh, good. Yay. A yeah. question. Questions. So shoot it to us, and um, 
Until next time. Until next time. Be saints. It's worth it. <laughs>